on the one yard line with their backs against the wall. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the Believe in Iowa State podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the defensive back signees for the class of 2024. And before we get started, I just want to say I hope you guys had a great Christmas and are going to have a happy new year and had fun with the family or fun doing whatever it is you might have been doing. Where I want to begin with this episode is... I really want to hit home on the point of the state of college football is going to be very, very detrimental to these programs down the line. And there's a multitude of reasons. The first reason is a lot of these programs, a lot of these programs are letting pride get in the way of their decision making. A lot of the blue bloods believe that the way that they have to compete is with top talent. Now, yes, you, you do probably need some top-tier talent to win the national championship. But going forward, it's going to be a different plane. It's going to be a whole new game. You don't have to be one of the four best teams. You have to be one of the 12 best teams. And to be one of the 12 best teams, you don't necessarily need the top, 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 top talent for when they're going to pick you. Because if you're the top, if they're picking the top four teams, they're going to pick the team with the top talent because everybody's biased. And a team like Liberty, who went, I don't know, 13-0, and whatever they went, doesn't even sniff the playoff, even though you have some teams with losses in it. Because the college football world, the college football landscape, thinks, believes that Liberty does not have the talent. Now they don't. They don't. I'm not trying to suggest that they do. But if you're go, if we're going into this 12-team playoff, they're definitely, they're not going to leave out an undefeated team. They're not going to leave out teams with one loss that look respectable, depending on what that loss is. A team like Iowa State, if we go 10-2, and two, go to the conference championship, Maybe, probably, you know, might not even need to win the thing. We'll probably still go. We'll probably still go. Now, we'll talk about that more later on. But pride is getting in the way. Pride is getting in the way of a lot of these programs. The other thing that I'm realizing is with the transfer portal, you're getting teams that are coveting how good a guy was at their previous school as opposed to what they could be. A lot of these teams, they'll take a C-plus player and sacrifice a player who could be an A. Who could be an A. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me, when you're applying for a job, 
and you're just fresh out of college or you're a couple years out of college and you're applying for a job and you're going and, and you're looking at all these jobs and they're saying, you need 10 years of experience. And you're like, well, I'm only, I'm only 27. I'm only 26, but I can do this job. And then you apply for the job and they say, sorry, you haven't had enough experience. And you go, well, I'm the smartest guy who's applied. I'm the best at math. I can do all this. I'm the most ambitious. You're not getting somebody jaded. I want to do well. I want to do good. I want to do my best. Blah, blah, blah. No, well, you're not here for 10 years. And, you know, we're looking for somebody who, well, they're not going to give you all their best. They've given their best. They have a family now. They can't sacrifice all the time. They take Whatever. No, we'll go with the person with a lot more experience. Now, experience is very important in college football. But a lot of these programs are sacrificing guys with A potential for C-plus players. And that's all they'll ever be is a C-plus player. And you're seeing it now. Where Look at Colorado's class. They only have six signees in their class. Six. That'd make for a quick podcast episode, wouldn't it? Six signees? Dion's not staying there forever. These core, and you see it now. The problem with with manufacturing, the problem with a lot of these industries, is with everybody job jumping, job hopping, moving around. You have a lot of businesses that are stagnant, and being led up for the accountants and the lawyers of the business to decide their fate. That's where you get layoffs. That's where you get all this other stuff so they can play around with the numbers and make profits. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, capitalism, political argument of whether it's right or wrong. But that's the situation that happens when you value experience and just throwing a body and don't want to develop anyone. It's the point I'm trying to make. All industries across the country do not want to develop their talent for the most part now you might be fortunate enough to work at a company that wants to develop you you have a lot of trades that do so you have a lot of industries that do not have the large talent pool to pull from that they need to develop but a lot of places there's no developing you're seeing that at a lot of colleges right now i still feel like alabama they want to develop I feel like Georgia is a program that wants to develop, but unfortunately they're having some people leave. But a team like USC, a team like Colorado, a team like Ole Miss, they don't want to develop. They absolutely don't want to develop. Because even five-star guys come into college with flaws, things that they need to work on. Iowa State will never be the program that picks his picks players, poaches players, takes players from the portal, and builds a team full of players from the portal. That's not what Matt Campbell wants to do. That's not what he enjoys about coaching. I mean, if you if you listen to one press conference from him, you know why he left Pitt to go to Mountain Union. It's about the team. It's about developing. It's about building. It's about growing. It's not about the star power and the flash and the politics of it all. It's about growing as a team. And when I look at the players that are coming in this class, especially these guys in particular, 
Every single one of the guys that I'm about to talk about today has been overlooked. Drastically overlooked. For one reason or another. However, this might be the best defensive bat class that we've ever brought in as a whole. Every single one is a hit. I feel like every single one is a hit. Now, that's going to be really difficult to tell which is the best. And when I do my superlative episode, I'll break down where I feel like this class ranks per position in the Matt Campbell era. I need to do a little deep dive on that to say which one's which. But we've had some good DB classes before. 2021 with Malik Verdon, Bo Freeler, Miles Purgis. I mean, those guys were incredibly overlooked. I told you guys when Miles Purchase was coming out, I said he's the best prospect since Alan Lazard. Now, has he lived up to that? You might say like, oh, what about Brees Hall? Brees Hall, I, I, when I saw Miles Purchase, and man, he's really turned it on at the end of the season this year. He's, he's looking like a draft pick. When I saw Miles Purchase, I was like, man, this guy is totally locked down in high school totally locked down is he the prospect tj tampa is no because he's a couple inches shorter he's a couple inches shorter than tj tampa is but miles purchase is incredibly locked down and he's going to be an nfl player we had bo freeler we had me leak for don i love those guys coming out that's in 2021 last year's class looks to be pretty special we have guys in 2022 but when i talk about this class the thing that I love about these guys, all five of these signees, scholarship signees, every single one of them was overlooked. Big time. Big time overlooked. And all five of them can play at a very high level. So let's get into it. Let's talk about these safeties. The first one I want to talk about is Quentin Taylor. He's a six foot, 180 pound Safety, kind of a cornerback safety hybrid from Lake Mineola, Florida, Lake Mineola High School in Florida. The reason why he's kind of a, a dual cornerback safety is because he played cornerback in high school. But I think he's going to be a guy, he's going to play safety in college. He's a very long wingspan at six foot eight. And you know what? The, the thing to note about this guy is this was the safety that our staff pointed out from the beginning that they wanted this guy. The player that he reminds me of is Anthony Johnson. So think about Anthony Johnson as we're talking about Quentin Taylor. He's very physical, really good tackle. And I expect him to play the same position that Jeremiah Cooper plays. Very good tackler, very quick off the ball, when the receiver catches the ball in the backfield, he's right in the backfield to make the tackle. Very quick. And again, as I said before, our staff targeted this guy to be the guy that they wanted from the beginning. When we were, when we were recruiting other safeties, we knew that we had a pretty stacked room. I mean, a lot of the guys that we brought in last year were pre- are pretty special. They're going to be dudes. And we even brought in a guy, Drew Surges, who was a very good player as a walk-on and has earned a scholarship. So we knew that 
it might be a little bit of a smaller class this year. But Quentin Taylor was the guy. Quentin Taylor is the guy that we circled and said, this is the guy we want to bring. If we want to bring in anybody, this is the guy. I'm very excited to see him. He He's one of those guys, when you think about a Florida DB, you think of guys that that's a ball hawk, tough, great tackler, and that's what Quentin Taylor is. Of all the DB recruits, I'd say he has the highest floor of all of them. He is... He's going to come in and he's going to be pretty ready to go from the beginning. Does that mean that he's going to play right away? That's uncertain. We have a pretty loaded pretty loaded depth chart and none of the starters appear to be leaving after this year. Even though Malik Verdon and Bo Freeder could, doesn't look like they're going to be leaving. And that's even better for a guy like Quentin Taylor and the rest of these guys. They can take a year a redshirt year to learn from them, get better, and be ready to play when the time comes. I'm very excited for Quentin Taylor. The buzz around him has been something special. That long wingspan, he has good size with that wingspan. He's tough, and he's going to be ready to be a cyclone. That's what we like from our safeties. Tough, physical, but still ball hawks and in the right spot. And that's what he's going to bring. Going to be a very good player for Iowa State. The next guy I want to talk about is a guy that I kind of feel a connection with because of what his story was. His name's Carson Van Dinter. He's six foot three. That's a big safety. Two hundred pounds. He's from Kakana High School in Wisconsin. The player that he reminds me of is Grant Delpit. If you remember the LSU and now Cleveland Brown safety, just a big safety, really good at tackling, good downhill player. The reason why I feel pretty a pretty good connection with a guy like Carson Van Dinter is because he came to a camp this summer. And he's kind of an unknown guy. Our staff knew about him, but all the recruiting nuts, guys like me and some of my friends, had no idea who this guy was. We had no idea who this guy was. And it comes, we see on Twitter that Carson Van Dinter announced, I've been offered by Iowa State and I'm committed to Iowa State. And a lot of people went, okay, that was fast. And some people even said, <laughs> I say this now, but some people even were like, uh, did we mean to do that? Was this guy supposed to commit today? Like, does the staff know? Oh my gosh. Comes out later that, yes, the staff is well aware that they offered this guy and that they're accepting his commitment. They are definitely accepting this commitment. And you know, there's always some speculation, but when you turn on the tape, when you turn on the tape, you can see why they offered him. Because when he came... And he might not know this, but when he came to that camp, Iowa State was not looking to offer any more safeties. They're probably going to look at him and go, okay, maybe we can get him a preferred walk-on or something. Like, we, they were not planning to offer another safety. And he came to the camp, and he got an offer 
Boom. This is where you don't let pride get in your way if you're Matt Campbell and the coaching staff. Carson Van Dinter was undeniable that day. He was very, very good. Very special player. Where when he left the camp, they had to give him an offer. Or else somebody else would have gotten him. He would not be a cyclone. Because when you find players like that, when you find high potential, very good players like that, and Carson Van Dinter might have one of the highest potentials of anybody on this entire recruiting class. When you have that potential, you can't let it go. Because a guy like Dion Broomfield is going to look at that guy and, be, and say, I'm, I can develop that guy into an NFL player. When I look at Carson Van Dinter, he's going to play Bo Freeler's position, the star position. He's going to play in the middle. He is an exceptional downhill player. He's kind of like an additional linebacker. That's the thing that we need to realize about the 3-3-5 stack is that middle safety that Bo plays is kind of like a hybrid between a safety and a linebacker. If you know what the 3-4 defense is, you have two middle linebackers. It's kind of like instead of playing them side by side, you put that one in front of the other, and one's a couple yards back. That's kind of how you play. Now, it's not that simple. I mean, obviously, we've seen Bo go back into coverage. It changes up every play. People always ask, and I probably should get into a side note about this. People always ask, like a lot of these fans ask, how is our defense so good when we only have three down linemen? How, do we, how are we so good at stopping, stopping the run? The whole reason is... When you draw up an offensive play, you draw it up with, okay, we're going to block that guy, block that guy, block that guy. You have it all planned out. You cannot plan against this defense because you don't know who is going to be the additional or two additional run stoppers. It could be the left safety and the left linebacker. It could be the left linebacker and the left safety. You're, and you don't know, it could be the middle safety and also the middle linebacker. It could be the right linebacker and the left safety. It could be a cornerback. You don't know who's going to have the run gaps, who's going to have the run fits. That's why it's so difficult. You don't know where the guys are coming from. You don't know which gap the linemen are going to. You don't know where they're coming from. When you have like a 3-4 or a 4-3 defense, your defensive ends, your defensive linemen, they can't really go anywhere really quickly and disguise where they're going. You know that probably a linebacker is coming downhill and your safeties are left in coverage because you don't want three DBs in, safe, in coverage. That's why it's so difficult to stop this defense or to run against this defense. You don't know where the defenders, the run stoppers are coming from. That's why it's so difficult. A guy like Carson Van Dinter, he is the complete safety. He was first team all state in Wisconsin. And even more than just being a complete safety, being able to stop the run, being able to play well in coverage. I mean, he is, he can lay the lumber. He can annihilate people. He's a very hard hitter. 
but he also has the it factor. He has the ability to get it done. I'm very excited that he was a Cyclone. I'm very excited that when he came to camp that we put our pride aside and said, we're going to offer this guy. I don't care what our plan was. <laughs> it's kind of funny because we have another safety coming up. But Carson Van Dinter, he reminds me a lot of Grant Delpit. If you have the opportunity to watch the Browns this year, take a look at Grant Delpit. That's what we're getting in Carson Van Dinter. A tough, downhill player that can also be a ball hawk at times. He was undeniable. He was undeniable getting the offer. He was undeniable being a leader in this recruiting class. Undeniable getting All-State. And he's going to be undeniable at Iowa State. I'm very excited to see how far he can go. Because he has a big frame. He's the complete package. I'm very excited for Carson Van Dinter. The next guy I want to highlight. Because <laughs> it's kind of funny. Because at the beginning of this, I said, our staff probably was only going to take one safety. And we took three. The third guy to come is Marcus Neal. He's six foot one, 200 pounds. And he's out of Raytown North High School in Missouri. I got to say it up front. <laughs> And he's not the only one that I'm going to talk about like this in the episode. I kind of like him better at receiver. I think he'd probably be more successful at receiver. Just my opinion. But I can also see what is really, really tasty about him at safety. The guy who he reminds me of is Javon Holland from the Miami Dolphins. So when you watch the Miami Dolphins this year... Take a look at Javon Holland. That's what I see with Marcus Neal. But, 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 if you look at him as wide receiver, he looks a lot like Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, I know that's high praise because Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was a first-round talent. He went to Ohio State. He was incredible at Ohio State. He got like 350 receiving yards in the Rose Bowl. The way that Marcus Neal runs is very, very similar to Jackson Smith and Jigba. And he has Jackson Smith and Jigba's speed. But let's talk about Marcus Neal's safety. Marcus Neal won Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year in Missouri. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how hard it is to win both Players of the Year in a state? I mean, think about that. Think about that. Like, think about how crazy it would be if somebody like Abu Sama won offensive, and he did win offensive player of the year last year, but if he also won defensive player of the year at cornerback? I mean, Miles Purchase didn't even do that in Colorado. And Miles Purchase had one of the best double-sided years that I've ever seen in a recruit. And Marcus Neal did it in Missouri with all the talent down there. Won offensive and defensive player of the year. The reason, we, we've been on Marcus Neal for quite some time now. But kind of like Carson Van Dinter, Marcus Neal was undeniable. 
Marcus Neal. Some quick things here. He is the fastest player in this class. When you're when you're talking about short bursts, short bursts of speed, he's the fastest player. And it's really not even that close. I mean, even when you're talking about the two wide receivers, the guys who run 10 700 meter dashes, both of them. I think that Marcus Neal, if you're talking about short distances, Marcus Neal is the fastest player. I mean, we're talking about like maybe 25, 30 yards. He does hit a wall pretty quickly. I That's something that Reed Kagey is going to have to take a look at when he gets here. He's going to have to figure out how, to, how he can sustain that speed. But in short bursts, really short bursts, nobody's catching him. Nobody's catching him. He's the fastest player. When he hits on the gas, nobody can catch him. Incredible acceleration. And he gets up to an insane top speed. He just can't hold it. But that's okay. Because he's a safety. And, he, and he'll come into this program. He'll take a year. A redshirt year. And they will work that out. Reed Kagey will work that out. How can we sustain the speed? And Marcus Neal is going to be an incredibly fast player. You're an Iowa State fan. You know that we have had many, many good safeties. But a guy like Marcus Neal, who is undeniable, his senior tape sealed the deal. We had to offer him. We had to let him come to Iowa State. We'd been on him for quite a while. We wanted to see how he would do his senior year. And pfft, he won Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. This guy, the, the thing that I would say about him, like what he does best of this whole class with the three safeties, he's the best ball hawk. He's absolutely the best ball hawk. He's on the ball. He'll catch the ball. That's, that's the thing why some DBs play DB instead of wide receiver is the hands. Marcus Neal has the hands. He's a ball hawk, and he is a very, very fluid runner. I think that Marcus Neal will have a pick six in his Iowa State career. To recap these safeties, you know, we've had a lot of good classes, really good classes at Iowa State for safety. We've had Bo, Bo Freeler and Malik Verdon in one. We had, I mean, even a guy like Tayshawn James and Jameson Patton. Uh, we've had some other really special safeties. We've had Jeremiah Cooper in a class with a couple guys. This class, and I'll take a look at it a little bit closer for our superlative episode, but this class is amongst the top. All three of these guys can play. All three of these guys are undeniable. Every single one of these guys. Quentin Taylor, he was the guy. If we were going to offer anybody and accept their accept their commitment, he was the guy. He was undeniable. Carson Van Dinter came to a camp, undeniable. Undeniable. When we he came to a camp, when we were not looking to offer any safeties in the class of twenty twenty four, and he left with an offer, undeniable. Marcus Neal, we told him have a big senior season, and he had the best senior season on both sides of the ball in Missouri. Undeniable. Undeniable. 
I'm very excited for these three guys to be Cyclones. I loved Marcus Neal. <laughs> for, I've loved Marcus Neal ever since I heard that we were recruiting him. And I really, really, really wanted him to come take an official visit over the, over the summer. But things just didn't work out. But you know what? He signed on the dotted line. And man, all three of these guys are something special. We got something going on good here in Iowa State. And Dion Broomfield, what an exceptional hire. Just absolutely nail on the head hire. Bringing back a loyal son to Iowa State to lead these guys. We got some NFL talent here, gentlemen. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wait. All right, so let's talk about a position that should be on the top of everybody's mind who's listening. Now, I know that everybody loves to hear about the running backs. Everybody likes to hear about the quarterbacks. Everybody likes to hear about, you know, tight ends, whatever. But the flashy guys, linebackers. The position of cornerback should be on everybody's forefront because we are going to probably lose DJ Tampa to the NFL. That's a good thing, but it makes it next year difficult because he's such a good player and we have a guy leaving. And also we've had a couple of guys transfer, a guy like uh, Terrell Crosby, who I thought was an exceptional player. He would have gotten playing time, maybe not the amount that he would want for next year. So he decided to go to Toledo, which is fine. It's the new, it's what's in vogue now. Um, so it's the standard quo to, to bounce. I thought he was a really good prospect, but you know, off to Toledo. This is going to be a position where these guys that we're going to talk about have a very good opportunity to play next year because we do not have very many corners. And you know what? I'm very partial to corners because I think it's such a difficult position. It's such a difficult position. And if you guys have if you have guys who are special at that position, it 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 it, it doesn't make any sense like how somebody could, can be so good at that position and it's so difficult because you're literally dealing with track stars trying to chase down track stars and stay on their hip. I don't know how they do it. And I played receiver in high school. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know how some, some of those guys can be so good. But we have two here that are very, very good players. Let's talk about the first one. If you would have asked me who's your favorite player in the summer, like who's your favorite player in the class, I would have said Kajan Cummings-Coleman. That's what I would have told you. I probably would have told you either Kajan Cummings-Coleman or Marcus Neal. Now, we'll see who my favorite player is when I do the superlative episode, but it would have been one of those two at the time. I would have said Kajan Cummings-Coleman or Marcus Neal. Kajan Cummings-Coleman is six feet tall, 185 pounds, cornerback, out of Coon Rapids High School in Minnesota. And like Marcus Neal, (laughs) like Marcus Neal, I kind of think he's a better receiver. Now, we'll see that when they come on campus. I'm sure that they'll try him out both spots to see really what they can do. But when you think, when I think of a guy who he reminds me of, if you had asked me in the summer, I said he would have looked like Debo Samuel. 
I'm sure everybody knows who Debo Samuel is. We're all fixated on the 49ers. Last night was tough, but we're all fixated on the 49ers. But if you ask me now, with how much of a freak he is on both sides of the ball, I would say he looks like a Dory Jackson. Just a highlight real player. Good kick returner, good cornerback, good wide receiver. And he could play but all three in college. I think he will be a kick returner in college. I think he'll probably stick at cornerback, and that's probably where he will translate the best. He's a lot like Miles Purchase. He reminds me a lot like Miles Purchase. Same size, kind of build, kind of a more beefier cornerback build than a guy maybe like TJ Tamper or Darian Porter. But he's a guy, he he's deadly at all three phases of the game, wherever you put him. He's, he's one of those vintage football players where when you put him on the field, if you give him the ball, he's difficult to deal with. If you're, if you're on defense and he's guarding you, he's difficult to deal with. When he has the ball on a kick return, he's difficult to deal with. He's one of those types of guys. The thing that I would say about Kajan that makes him unique is he definitely has the it factor. It doesn't always look clean. It doesn't always look like, you know, you, you, you always question like, is he where he's supposed to be? Is he doing what he's supposed to do? But you know who else is thinking that? The opposing quarterback. They're thinking, okay, maybe he's out of position. Let me, th- let me go throw it out there. Let me go throw it at the wide receiver. And then Kijan will intercept it and take it to the house. And the quarterback will be left scratching his head going, what the heck just happened? Like, I thought I made the right play. This guy comes out of nowhere. He's a total freak. That's what you see with Kajan. You saw it a lot with Miles. You saw it a lot in high school with Miles. Where Miles would have games where he got thrown on three times, picked off two of them, and brought one to the house. Kajan had a crazy stat like that. I was I was just scrolling Twitter one day, and I see that he puts out a highlight, and I see whatever his comment is. I go over it, we'll see what his comment is. And his comment was like, two receptions, 100 and f- 150 yards, and two touchdowns. I'm like, come on, that must be a typo. Two receptions for two touchdowns, 150 yards? You turn on the tape, yeah, that's what it was. Two receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And then a lot of cornerback plays and a lot of rushes and stuff. But that's what you're getting with Kajan. Just highlight real player. And he he totally has the it factor. He's one of those guys that I look at. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to put too much pressure on him. But I think this guy has an opportunity to to play very, very early in his career. Same thing with the next guy. Yet, Kajan, he, he has that little something, that little something that I know a quarterback like, well, not Will Howard because he just left, but whoever the heck the Texas Tech quarterback or that Baylor quarterback, I mean, I don't even know who's playing in this league anymore. But I know that a guy, like this vintage Baylor quarterback, 
and the vintage Texas Tech quarterback and the vintage Oklahoma State quarterback. I mean, guys who remind you of Aiden Bowman. They're not going to be able to figure this guy out. They're not going to be able to figure out Kajan. He's so good. He's so good. And when he when he was when a rumor was coming out that Kajan was looking at Iowa State and the offer was committable because he's had such a spectacular senior year, just an amazing senior year. When he was coming around, I was like, man, we got the two guys that I I was just obsessing over in the summer. Just obsessing over. Now, there's other guys like Jace Gilbert and other guys who I was just like, oh man, these guys were really special. But, I mean, Jace was already committed. And Connor Moberly was already committed. But man, I mean, even like a lot of these guys. But I think Kajan, the sky's the limit for Kajan. He might have the highest potential of anybody in this recruiting class. And I'm, I can't wait. We're going to need cornerbacks. And I look for Kajan to be one of them. Another guy, man, this guy came out of the woodwork. His name's David Coffey. He's six foot two. Whoo boy. Six foot two, 190 pounds. And he's from De La Salle Institute in Chicago, Illinois. When David Coffey decommitted from Northern Illinois, he was committed to Northern Illinois. When he decommitted from Northern Illinois and he got a scholarship from Iowa State, I don't know which one happened first, but I knew that we were talking to him at the time of his decommitment. Per usual, when he when anybody gets a scholarship, I go, okay, let's see what he looks like. Let's see what let's let's see why we would have done that. Let's see what's cool about him. Stop this podcast. Go to your huddle. Go to his huddle. Or his Twitter and find his huddle. And just play his senior highlights. The senior season still matters, people. And holy smokes. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting this dude for Notre Dame to pass up on him. Wisconsin to pass up on him. Illinois, what the heck are you doing? I mean, shoot. Even Iowa to pass to pass up on him? Now, the reason why I bring up those schools, those schools recruit Chicago hard. Hard. Iowa State, we recruit Chicago, yes, but we're not we recruit, you know, your Minnesotas, your Kansases, your 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 Missouris. In your Dakota, even your Dakotas and Iowa, obviously Colorado, we recruit those school. We recruit those states hard, hard, hard. We don't recruit Chicago as hard as those other states because we just have better ties in uh, the other states that we actually recruit hard. When David Coffey, when I saw that his like he was available, when we got when we offered him. I was like, ooh, we got to hold on to dear life. We got to hold on to this guy. Ooh, we got to hold on. I was bracing for impact. I was bracing for, you know, one of the schools that really pounds Chicago hard to come in and offer him and for this to be a battle until signing day. 
But you know what? I think it was a blessing that it didn't happen. Because we need cornerbacks. We do. And this guy reminds me a lot, a lot of Patrick Sertan. If Kajan Cummings Coleman reminds me of Purchase, I would say that David, David Coffey reminds me of TJ Tampa. Are we talking about the high level potential as TJ Tampa? No, I wouldn't want to put that weight on anybody. I wouldn't want to put that expectation. I wouldn't want you guys going, well, when's David Coffey going to play? Because you said he was going to be a top two round draft pick. Now, he might, and I hope he does. I'm not, I'm not putting that expectation on him the day he steps on campus to be that good. I don't put that on anybody. David Coffey looks a lot like Patrick Sertan of the Denver Broncos. Great, great tackler. Spectacular tackler. You remember when you saw TJ Tampa make some pretty insane tackles this year? That's what David Coffey reminds me of. Great in run support, and he's a true lockdown corner. True lockdown corner. Now, if I would give him an NFL comp, it would be Patrick Sertan of the Denver Broncos. So if you're watching, you know, football coming up these these weekends and you're watching the Broncos, take a look at Patrick Sertan. That's what David Coffey reminds me of. But man, he looks a lot like TJ Tampa. Just incredible, true, true, true lockdown corner. Puts guys on an island. And he's a really effective, great, hard tackler. Great, great in run support. This this was a spectacular find by the Iowa State staff. A guy committed to Northern Illinois a couple of couple of maybe an hour or two away from his his high school and we came in and we 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 said no 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 no. This guy is a special player. Let's have him at Iowa State. He had a spectacular senior season. And I think both these guys John Cummings Coleman and David Coffey are going to have a great opportunity to play early, 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 early in their Iowa State Cyclone career. I'm excited to see where they go. I honestly think that both of them will play as redshirt freshmen. We might even see them this year. I can't wait. I cannot wait for these guys to get on campus. We're in for a show. I think, and if we look back... If we look back at all five of these guys coming in, scholarship signees, I think if we look back at these guys, like, this is just elevating how good this defensive back, this, de- this defensive back room is, all these guys. Because that has been the heart and soul of the Iowa State defense for years. Think about it. We've all we kind of had some holes in the line. We've had some holes in the linebacker position some years. Now we've had some really good ones, but we've had elite, elite defensive backs for several years now. I think all five of these guys are just going to continue to elevate that position, those positions. I think we have some really good coaches. In Dion Broomfield, he's probably one of the more underrated position coaches in the whole country. And a guy like Hank Poteet, who I don't know very well yet. He's only been here for, he hasn't even been here a full year yet. 
But when I look at Hank Poteet, I can tell that he has developed these guys and turned these guys into actual NFL cornerbacks because he was one. He's an NFL veteran. And he's going to do that with Kajan and David. And Hank Poteet, you'll start hearing his name more and more and more as more cornerbacks come into this program and excel at a high level. Let's talk about some guys who are coming in as preferred walk-ons. The first one I want to talk about, <laughs> you've heard that name before. His name's Logan Bacon. Logan Bacon is the brother of Caleb Bacon. He goes to Lake Mills High School. He's six foot one, so a little bit smaller than his brother, and 177 pounds. Now, I'm not going to compare him to his brother very much because that's not fair to him. But he's coming in as a safety. And the thing that I've noticed about him is the game is slow for him. It's very slow. He has great intelligence. You can tell that he prepares for every game very well. And he is a forced fumble machine. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. Now, maybe he's playing against some scrubs. But you know what? Scrubs hang on to the ball, too. He is a forced fumble machine. And if there's anything... like. That is not only just, that's not luck. That's not being a freak. That is having the intelligence of when you're making the tackle, when you wrap up, to be able to go, okay, I wrap up and then I punch the ball. We are coming in a guy who has, we're, a guy is coming in who has been well coached and has a great acumen for the game, and that will just elevate this position group and the team as a whole because he will give them intangible things that they that this team would just not have seen before if he's punching out balls in practice you're finding problems in a team that you weren't aware of we need Logan Bacon to come in and do that I'm very excited for him to come and be a part of Iowa State the next guy is Carson Welsh, six foot two, 185 pound safety from Ankeny Centennial. The thing I like about him is he has bone crushing hits, Very, and but even more so than the just the just smacking people. You can tell when you watch this guy that at the end of the game, the tanks on empty. 100% effort. And he is going to be one of the guys that you look back, when these guys look back on their, their college days, they're going to remember Connor and they're going to be like, he was the bedrock of our team. We needed him because he gave effort, effort, effort every day. And he made and he's what makes this program great. He played cornerback in high school, so there's going to be a little bit of a transition for him to come to safety. But he'll figure it out. I'm excited for that guy to come in, continue on the legacy, and to really elevate this team. And the last guy I want to talk about is Angelo Jello Jackson. He's six foot one, 185 pounds from Assumption High School in Iowa. 
He plays both running back, wide receiver. He plays all running back, wide receiver, and corner in high school. And he's what I would consider one of those old school vintage high school or old school vintage like football players, where he does everything at a high level. I mean, his his. <laughs> no, I gotta say, I when I watch these guys tape, if they play both ways, and they're gonna come in specifically at a position, not coming in as an athlete, but they're coming in specifically at a position. I kind of just try to find that tape. I'll watch the rest, but I kind of just care to focus on, like, if they're coming in to be a corner, I want to watch the corner tape. I'll tell you what, I had such a difficult time, like, finding the defensive plays because every single play, and I can understand why he did it this way, every single play was like, look at my touchdown run. (laughs) It's like... Oh my gosh, I get it. You're scoring 50 touchdowns. I want to see how good you are at cornerback. <laughs> I appreciate it. And you, man, it's a good sign when your guy is playing high-level high school football and he just cannot be stopped. That is some special talent. And Jello Jackson is going to come in and he's going to give his 100%. He's going to focus on corner, and I really, really hope that he is our next Davenport-era area cornerback that can come in and show out, just like Darian Porter. I'm excited for Jello Jackson to be a Cyclone. We're going to need him. We're very thin at that position, and he has the talent to be a pivotal part of this team. Anyway, guys, would you look at that? That's our 2024 class. I can admit, I gotta admit, kind of sad. Don't have any more guys to talk about. I'm excited for our superlative episode. That will come out later this week. Anyway, guys, I hope you had a really, really good Christmas holiday. Hope the family's doing well. Anyways, if you guys have any questions, want to make any comments, or just want to talk, my DMs are always open. Come to Twitter. You know where to find me. If you have a recruit or something that you want to talk about or whatever. I recently just got into sports betting. (laughs) And I've quickly realized also, I hate losing. If you want to talk about sports betting, gambling, whatever, you can join the Discord. We talk about it all day. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening again. I can't thank you enough. It means the world to me. Anyways. Have a great rest of your day and go Cyclones. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.